Then President Moon says, you've come to the south, when can I come to the north? And Kim Jong-un says, Ah, he went back into the north. Look at that. Almost as if they're erasing the line. But they have some very difficult issues to discuss. All right, it is time for NK Now, getting you the latest news coming out of Pyongyang, and we're pleased to be joined in the studio uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, Seoul correspondent for NK News, uh, Kim Jung-min here. Jung-min, good to see you again. Good morning. Good well, to see you. We are going to be uh, talking about North Korea's ongoing battle against the COVID-19 pandemic. Apparently, they have introduced a new law on emergency quarantine uh, measures against I guess, a wide array of infectious mm. diseases, but pertaining specifically to COVID-19. Any, uh, anything in that new law? Uh, usually when North Korea introduces a new law, Minju Joseon, which is a cabinet newspaper, they uh, announce it or explain it um, after weeks or months. But per usual, they did not use the term uh, COVID-19 per se, but mm. talked about malignant infectious disease, which is a code word for coronavirus in state media these days. Um, it's pretty interesting. According to the law, there are three levels of red alerts regarding um, emergency anti-epidemic. It's first class, uh, special class, and super class. Uh, First class warnings are issued when there is a possibility that such disease may enter North Korean Mm -hmm. territory, and the alert may trigger some sort of limitation to the border crossing of people and items. Um, The second level, stronger special class alert is issued when there is a risk of such disease entering the country or that disease already started in North Korea. Um, In this case, either the border will be closed or the relevant area will go under a lockdown. And the toughest superclass alert, which is chotukup in Korean, Mm -hmm. um, it's issued when there is a danger that a disease, quote-unquote, broke out in the neighboring countries or regions and could cause a detrimental and destructive catastrophe to North Korea. And this will trigger a total lockdown of all borders, land, air, and sea, as well as a full stop to all gatherings and school openings. Um, Mm. Technically... COVID-19 will fall fall under the superclass alert Um, in retrospect. That term superclass was used, though, since um, in the February Politburo meeting when Kim Jong-un ordered some sort of amendment um, in their legal system like this. Um, But uh, probably this law was not in place yet at the time, but further measures regarding COVID-19 from now on will likely follow the superclass alert until... I don't know, vaccines are developed. And notably, the law includes details on what to do if anyone is tested positive in North Korea. Right. And so uh, as we uh, take our huge boulder-sized grain of salt, North Korea (laughs) claims not not to have any confirmed cases right now. Hypothetically, then, Mm -hmm. if... Well, I guess they would have to admit it. But if anybody did test positive for COVID-19, what is the protocol in the North? It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty much like the global standard. Mm-hmm. It's isolate, trace, test, treat, and lockdown of relevant areas, which is not kind of uh, that much global. Right. Um, according to Chapter Four of the law, the DPRK's Center uh, Central Emergency Anti-Epidemic Headquarter, which is like a North Korean version of KCDC, it will be responsible for anyone who is tested positive and including the final say whether they will release someone from quarantine. Um, If the initial test result come out as positive, that headquarter will, first of all, most urgently 
organize secondary tests for all contacts, which means they will do the tracing. Um, and the patients, um, they will be using, quote-unquote, real-time checkup equipment, whatever that is. Um, and if someone is tested positive, they will receive medical treatment and isolation as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the quarantine command organizing, an urgent emergency quarantine and lockdown in relevant areas as well. And this reminds me of k a e s o n g incident, right? Mm-hmm. They, there was a suspected case and k a e s o n g went through... The re-defector yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. They, uh, it went through a lockdown, but WHO said that uh, he was tested inconclusive. But nonetheless, um, it says that everyone involved in quarantining someone like that would have to wear the PPEs and blah, blah, blah. And... Um, To me, it seems like this was like the the amendment seems like or the introduction of the law seems like a response to what happened in Kaesong because it could have been a chaos. Well, uh, moving away from the COVID-19 situation, let's talk about this uh, harsh rhetoric coming out of North Korea, really more par for the course. But North Korea accusing South Korea of, quote, an evil scheme after this uh, U.S. uh, ROK defense meeting. First, uh, what was discussed at the uh, 52nd U.S. ROC Security Consultative Meeting Annual Affair uh, in Washington last week? Yeah, the meeting itself was pretty generic and um, not much news. Uh, OpCon was really the main headline, yeah, right? Yeah, and also it was a bit... Uh, It, it was controversial as well. Um, uh, the, the defense chiefs of Seoul and Washington participated, and they, like you said, they, meant, uh, they talked about opcon transfer, defense cost sharing, uh, and joint drills as well. Um, they did not really focus much on North Korea itself, but they just talked about generic things like dismantling mis- uh, the missile and nuclear programs. Um, But they did put a lot of emphasis on joint deterrence study and continuing um, bilateral or multilateral joint drills, including Japan. The controversial part was that I was covering it that night and the live press conference was abruptly canceled. Mm. And I'm hearing that Esper asked um, to cancel it, but it's unclear why. But some people are speculating there may have been some fallout or disagreement regarding Alcon transfer or... Um, sanctions issues, but it's unclear at the moment. Right. So as you say, pretty generic stuff about North Korea. So you wonder, are they upset about the comments there? Are they upset maybe they weren't more prominently uh, talked about? The propaganda websites uh, from North Korea responding to this, uh, what did they exactly say? They said it's an evil scheme by South Korea. So they put a lot of emphasis on how South Korea is um, scheming behind Mm -hmm. their back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty classic. And that uh, boiled head of a cow laughing sort of phrase that returned. um, (laughs) Pongil Voice also belatedly criticized Blue House official Kim Hyun-jong for uh, reportedly asking Washington to sell the fuel for a nuclear-powered submarine, um, which was Dong Ailbo's exclusive. But Blue House said they cannot confirm that. A background here is that it's actually no secret that South Korea has been mulling over the idea of such submarine with the intermediate term plan of the defense ministry announcing uh, the 4,000 and 3,600 ton submarines, which experts actually see as potentially nuclear powered. Okay, so uh, they they are kind of picking apart some of the things here and stuff. And really largely, as you say, targeting more uh, Seoul than Washington Mm -hmm. in terms of the so-called scheming that's been going on. Uh, Let's turn back to what was really the biggest North Korea-related issue uh, for quite some time, and that was the uh, tragic shooting of the uh, South Korean uh, fisheries official and uh, the ensuing political fallout from that. Anything new on that front? Uh, I was up all night yesterday covering this uh, remotely. The brother mm. of the, the shooting victim is um, in, 
off the coast of Yeonpyeong right now with a lawmaker, Ha Taegyeong. Um, right. the, yeah, they are doing a Wiryongje, a memorial service for the, the victim. Um, yeah, and the family is current. The new thing is that the family is currently um, officially consulting the matter of suing a North Korean government. Um, and he said he wants to do that just like the Warmbier family did, um, whatever that may mean. And um, Warmbier family earlier this week showed co- um, solidarity and pledged um, their solidarity in a letter to Lee Rejin, which is the brother. Um, I, I talked to Lee and he says that Warmbier case is like a success story in bringing justice to Pyongyang. And... Um, Uh, Warmbier family was suggesting that Moon does the same with how much the Trump administration was so helpful for them to seize a wise, wise honest and um, recovering millions from American banks like DPRK assets and so on and so forth. But it's pretty unclear how Lee's family will actually do this. Yeah, so there are a couple things here. There's a question of jurisdiction because mm. this is uh, somebody who was officially a South Korean government official. So exactly. you would assume this would fall under the auspices of the Korean legal system and not through the American courts. And yeah. you, there, there would be differing interpretations, I would feel. Secondly, just looking at the case of Japan, where we had the wartime reparations Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. of forced labor and how difficult it is to even get any ruling in force there. And let's let's say Japan is a normal state actor, right? (laughs) Is this any of this even feasible, suing North Korea, even getting some kind of reparations? Honestly... I don't like I say no, because um, yeah. I mean, first of all, the matter is much more complicated for South Korea than it is for Japan or the United States, because inter-Korean relations is unlike ordinary foreign relations um, under our constitution. So if they get ahead with this, this case could get really, really complicated. But um, but this is definitely a trend since Warmbier family uh, was received reparation in a couple of cases um, like the Wise Honest yeah. and the, the DPRK assets in the banks. Um, uh, another case was like uh, recently the missionary and the former detainee Kenneth Bay, who is actually in Seoul right now, um, he announced that he will sue the North Korean government as well. And also some of the families of the prisoners of war But like you mentioned, it's complicated. It's um, under the current constitutional definition between North Korea and South Korea, which is the special relations, um, not like state to state um, relations. It's unlikely we'll see something as proactive as how the U.S. authorities were involved um, with the Wormbeer's reparation when it comes to the Lee's family's case. Yeah, complicated, uh, tragic and uh Unfortunately, we're seeing some political exploitation going on. And yeah. uh, already, as you saw, these, these reports coming out with Ha Young on the boat and kind of issuing his statements uh, in regards to this. All right, Jungmin, as always, appreciate all of this. Uh, certainly good to see you in person and look forward to talking to you again next week. Me too.